We're fortunate to have Brian Chase on this podcast. Chase has been the model of consistency as the boys coach in St. Mary's. He's taken the Lumberjacks to seven straight state tournaments and last week won his first state title. Coach Chase, thanks for talking some basketball with us today. How's everything on the St. Joe? Very nice. Uh, just uh, ecstatic. The community's really, you know, just been so supportive and appreciative of all the things the kids have accomplished this year. Yeah, I can imagine that, uh, you know, uh, people have been pretty friendly to you this week. <laughs> yeah, it's been 61 years, so we've been so close, and uh, we just finally got a, the ball to bounce our way a little bit and got a few breaks down there and, and pulled one off. Yeah. Hey, uh, real quick, um, I read an article by uh, – or a column by Mark Nelke, and he said that uh, – um, one of the stars of the team that won the, the title 60 years ago is your neighbor? Yep, he's my neighbor. He actually went on to play for the University of Idaho. Ed Haskins is his name, and just a great guy to visit with, one of the best neighbors you could ever ask for. And, yeah, just uh, I haven't got a chance to talk to him yet this week since we got back just because it's been a whirlwind, but I can't yeah. wait to get outside and visit with him. Oh, what a great neighbor to have, though. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so anyway, like I said, you've taken St. Mary's, uh, to the state tournament the last seven years and you've been coaching for seven, the varsity for seven years, right? Correct. Yep. All right. I girls before that for about 10 years, took yeah. a little break and then got back into boys and it's been a pretty good blessing since then. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you've had, you guys have had success. You picked up trophies uh, before, but how different was it to win that state title versus the other years that you've gone? Yeah. I mean, we've, we've been to the semifinals for seven years now, so we kind of know what it takes to get to that next level and been so close. And this group, there's just something special about it. This kind of that will to win and not give up and not let any adversity bring you down and, um, there's definitely something pretty special with our leadership and our seniors this year that kind of willed us to the top. Yeah, that was pretty evident just watching your teams is that you had some really, really good leaders. Um, do you do you focus at all on like, hey, this is how you should be a leader or is it just kind of natural to some of those kids that you have? I think it's just kind of natural, you know, and Eli Gibson's definitely our vocal leader. He's the quarterback of our football team. He's my point guard and two guard and wherever I need him to be at the, at that night. And he's just one of those guys that will not let the rest of the team, you know, hang their heads or get on the officials or he just, he's kind of sees through the eye of a coach really. Um, so, you know, there's the state championship, but I think, um, you know, most people uh, that follow high school basketball in Idaho, they probably saw what happened on Friday night. Um, and so, you know, you guys hit a shot with six tenths of a second to beat uh, North Fremont. Um, so take us kind of through that. You have the ball at half court with six tenths of a second left and you're down one. What, what were you guys talking about in the timeout? Yeah, so first thing, you know, I look up and I, I know if I look at Eli and he says, I want the ball, coach. <laughs> so <laughs> he, he definitely, you know, he he's one of those kids and he – he missed a shot two years ago and uh, both of us were crying at the time, you know, to win a state championship at the buzzer. And so we've been through a lot last couple of years and he just told me, coach, I want the ball. 
And so we did everything we could to try to get him the ball, but they literally threw two guys at him. They had one guy completely in the passing lane and not even close to being open. And so that was option one. Option two was getting our little guard a back pick going towards the basket. And it, it might have been there. It was close. Um, I don't think Coleman wanted to risk that pass at the time. And so after the back pick, Colby sprung wide open, kind of our fourth option on the play. And he was wide open when he caught it, probably a reason for it. But he caught it. And he's a pretty good outside shooter. He doesn't shoot a lot from out, you know, during games from out there. But um, got a great look and knocked it down. So is that, is that a play that you run pretty regularly? We do run that play just as a regular sideline option. And we thought, you know, maybe with Eli coming off that screen from our post at the bottom, that even our post player might be able to get a decent lob into him with a quick shot. So we had, you know, three pretty good options. And obviously Colby setting that back pick opened him up. And that was option four. And the rest is history. Yeah, it was the right option, definitely. But it's <laughs> funny on that uh, on the, those types of back picks, how often that, that kid that sets that back pick is open. Yeah, he really was. He was wide open, and you could tell that they were coached to not foul Yeah, on that shot, and he, he left him, gave him a pretty good look at it. All right. Um, so, you know, I'd encourage anybody to go to the NFHS network and watch, like, that game, especially like the last two minutes, because, you know, it was back and forth. But one of the things uh, that I took away from it was kind of um, what happened before um, that three-point shot. And so basically for the listeners, North Fremont, Fremont uh, made a free throw uh, to take a one-point lead just prior to – what, was there like a second left? Yeah, there was a second and a half left, 1.6 to be exact. All right. And kind of a tough call, one of those 50-50 calls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, their, their guard drives hard to the basket. Um, our post elevated with them. And just kind of one of those calls that probably could go either way. And unfortunately, didn't go our way. And so he makes one out of two free throws. And after that, you know, we, we had a timeout to use. And we were really trying to get Eli – you know, the ball just a little bit deeper towards our bench on the half court end. Uh -huh. uh, okay. If he catches it at half court and is going towards the hoop, might have time for a dribble and a shot, at least get a decent look at it. And, and that, Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and Eli had the whereabouts and when he, we told him we had one timeout if we needed it, but he was smart enough to catch that ball in the air. He was coming back towards our, the baseline there. And, uh, he was smart enough to call a timeout. That was all on him. Yeah. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's a, that's uh, what you dream of as a coach that a kid has that, <laughs> those kind of smarts to, to do that. Yeah. And uh, you know, you just can't say enough about his IQ as far as a basketball player goes. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that here uh, in a few minutes, but so, you know, of course, uh, you know, like the miracle on ice, uh, as everybody points out, that was a semifinal game. So you still needed to win uh, the next day to get that uh, state championship. And you were playing a, a, a really good program in Ambrose. And, and you know, the two A's are kind of unfortunate in that setup that you guys, you know, basically you had to play 20 hours uh, later uh, after yeah. that semifinal. Um, just wondering, like, how did you prepare? Like, what did you do when you got back to the hotel the next morning? And then were you concerned at all that the team 
uh, might come out a little sluggish after an emotional win? Yeah, I mean, you do worry about how how they're going to bounce back after that win. I mean, that was such a exhilarating win, and just um, you know, there's a huge dog pile at half court, and we we about broke the the scores table there <laughs> as we all crashed into it. So you know that there's a lot of emotions going on, and we we prepared just like we normally did. Our coaching staff, you know, we all broke down some game film, and we got up early the next morning and put our heads together about a good game plan. And uh, we had a good team meeting with the kids during breakfast and we sat down and watched film for an hour and just really focused on how good of an outside shooting team they were and what we had to do to, to get out on the perimeter and contest shots. So, oh, go ahead if I was interrupted you. Oh, no, you're good. Go ahead. Yeah. So I was just going to ask, um, you know, how much how much time do you spend scouting other teams before the state tournament? Or do you just kind of look at the at the team ahead of you? You know, normally, I would say in the past years, not as much as we did this year. Mm-hmm. I had a pretty good feeling this year that our kids were going to go to state. And I knew what a tough journey it was going to be to make it. I actually anticipated that we would probably play Ambrose in the opening round and Melba upset them in the championship. So we had at least watched five or six of their games to try to get ready for that opening round tournament. So I felt like we at least had a pretty good start on them. It wasn't like the night of that we had to completely break everything down. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you, you guys uh, uh, trailed uh, again <laughs> against mm-hmm. Ambrose and then, you know, you had some very, very key uh, rebounds uh, there and, and uh, were able to, to come, what were you, down five? Down five with a minute and a half, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, talk about the kids and just, um, you know, the toughness that they had to, you know, not let that get away from them and, and to keep, keep in, in it because uh, I know a lot of lesser teams, five minutes in the state of Idaho, or I'm sorry, five points with a minute and a half left to go in the state of Idaho. That could, that, you know, a lot of times that means a win. Yeah. So yeah, just to kind of give you a little background, I mean, Ambrose, we watched one of their games and they only shot one two point field goal in a half. So we knew they were going to shoot a ton of threes and we had to contest shots. And so kids, our kids did just such a great job in the first half. They were one of 10 from the three point line and, I think just every shot was contested and you know you just knew at some point they might get going and unfortunately late in the third third quarter there was a loose ball after a missed three they got it and got a wide open three and knocked it down and it seemed like it was from that point forward it was just a flurry I think they made five or six threes you know in about a five minute time period so it went from uh, us having an eight point lead to down five with a minute and a half. So quite a, quite a change in this, the scoring, but back to our, our last minute and a half. Um, I think Tristan and Eli, two of our, our leaders, our vocal leaders, our scoring leaders, you could just see them that they, they had this will that they were not going to let us lose. And Tristan got two offensive rebounds. Eli got to the free throw line four times. Um, Tristan made a nice steal at the end of the game as well. And that led to uh, Eli's getting to the free throw line there at the very end of the game. So, you know, take us through your feelings once, uh, once you knew that you had that secured. Uh, what, what were you thinking? Yeah, I mean, even after uh, 
Eli and Tristan had their rebounds and footbacks and free throws. They still had the ball uh, with about 15 seconds to go. And they, uh, of course, they, they held it for the final shot. And their best player got to the rim. But it seemed like we had a swarm of kids at, going at him. Um, I think just watching it, we had like four kids kind of contesting throughout the way. And he took a pretty wild shot. And our kids... They were trying to set up a press there at the end and our kids had the whereabouts just to get the ball in quick on the other side, wide open kid. He dribbles down the sideline and runs the clock out. And, you know, then you see the, the kids have one more final dog pile at center court. And <laughs> you've never seen them that excited for two games in my life, but yeah. that was pretty special. Hey, so I just have to ask, and this goes back to the North Fremont game. Were you kind of sore after uh, that? Because uh, if you watch the film, you, you, you get tagged pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I think out of all the, the compliments and comments that I've gotten, that's probably been the most famous one is me getting plowed and into the scorer's table and <laughs> asking if I'm okay. Yeah. My boss asked, asked me if I was going to fill out a workman's comp on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I know uh, Cordell, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, he could yeah. get pretty excited on the sidelines, and I'm surprised he didn't come down and, and was the one that knocked you down. Oh, yeah, we we had the whole crowd coming out of the out of the stands, so I think they were on crowd control. <laughs> All right, hey, uh, one, one last question on uh, kind of the state tournament, and then I want to get into some other stuff, but, you know, yeah. um, Next year, the state's going to go to a seeding system, and that probably would have, you know, changed <laughs> how this year's 2A tournament would have been uh, formatted. So I just was wondering what your thoughts are on um, the state going to that seeding system next year. Yeah, I think anything's better than what we currently have. Um, you know, my suggestion was, you know, rather than just use one tool, I, I was hoping that maybe we'd use the coaches poll, maybe the media poll, and then combine the three together with max preps. And that was my suggestion. I think they're just going to go with max preps at this point, which is still pretty accurate. You look at some of the final league standings and things like that. It's, it's pretty close. So I'm at least happy we're doing something with it. Yeah, for sure. And uh, hopefully we can save some of those games, those good games for the, for the championship. Yeah, we were, we were up against the wall with having to try to beat two state champions in a row. And that's, <laughs> that's a pretty tough feat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, and you guys had a, a, a really great season. You only lost one game. Um, you know, I think um, one of the interesting things with, with you and then my program at Sandpoint is we play in, in uh, three-team three leagues uh, where we only get one, one bid to state. And then – and that Central Idaho League, I mean, you you go down to Grangeville. That's uh, that's a league opponent. And so, just take me. What, what's it like playing in in the Central Idaho League? Yeah, it's been a change for us. Um, you know, traveling all the way down to Grangeville is a, a long trip. It's a three hour drive for us. So, you know, it's kind of like going to Bonners or one of those trips. But it's definitely always tough to get off the bus and. Orfino and Grangeville have typically had pretty good programs. Grangeville won the state championship the first year that I entered the league. So they had just got done winning a state championship and they're always pretty competitive in football and baseball and Orfino as well too. So it's a pretty tough league. 
uh, first couple of years, I mean, we had to knock down some buzzer beaters just to get to the state tournament. So um, definitely it makes us work hard to get better. And then uh, with you being the only uh, 2A program, I guess right now, we'll see, you know, the next time uh, things come out, but with, as the only 2A team yeah. in, in District 1, um, you actually, you know, in some ways it does benefit you because you, you get the opportunity to play a lot of 3As and 4A programs. So how do you think that that's helped your players in preparing for the state tournament? And my guess is probably this year you were trying to get those tough games uh, to, to get these kids ready. Yeah, we really amped up our schedule the last couple of years. We played Lakeland last year and played them pretty tough on their home court and then playing you guys, Sandpoint up there. Those are always top-notch games and, you know, you just don't get that physical play very often and that's something that always North Idaho brings. And playing all the three AIML schools, they were down a little bit this year, but typically that's a pretty strong league and Kellogg's kind of been the cream of the crop there. So those games always prepare us and then, this year on top of the 3A and 4A games that we play, we added Lakeside that won a state championship last year. And then we added Lapway twice and another team that just won state. So our schedule this year was pretty tough. Yeah, and, but your kids did really, really well. I mean, uh, you know, like I said, just just one loss. So um, do you think it was because, you know, uh, I guess what would you point your finger on why they had so much success here? Because I know I, I've seen a couple of your kids, it seems like, for five years. I think they've, you know. On the... <laughs> yeah, we, we keep them around five or six years. <laughs> no, we, you know, this team is a pretty special one, and uh, we – we have really good balance. We have seven guys that average six or more points a game. So our, our depth and our balance has been better than, than normal. Um, and then anytime you've got really good senior leadership and kids that have been in the state finals a couple of times, and um, that just went a long ways for us. Yeah. So do you think that that's just the nature of the kids? Cause I know sometimes when you've got balanced scoring, like seniors can kind of get upset and stuff like that. But, you know, just seeing some of your best players, you know, they scored eight points, but they were just, <laughs> they were ecstatic at the end of games. Yeah. You know, you take a, a kid like Eli that averages 10 points a game and um, he's one of those kids that probably could average 20 on another team, but he's, he would much rather get the win and get everybody around him better than, you know, put up 20 points a game. Yeah. Is that something that you discuss with the kids? Do you guys talk about that? You know, we do a little bit. I try not to emphasize too much. I mean, we we truly are more of a defensive-oriented team, and whoever gets their points on any any night, you know, we're happy for them. And, and so I think by us focusing on defense first, it kind of takes away some of that pressure offensively. Um, one of the things um, that I, you know, talked to you before we, we started recording was that, uh, you know, I've had the opportunity to watch you guys play for, you know, last three or four years. And I've always come away uh, impressed with, with a lot of things that, that your kids do. I mean, number one, they always play hard. Um, the other thing that I was impressed with, it was a game that you guys played up here against Sandpoint, maybe last year or the previous year, I can't remember. But anyway, um, you know, um, you were kind of struggling there. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the Sandpoint had put a, uh, was running a zone and you guys were kind of having some difficulty with that. But then you made some adjustments and, and your kids were able to, uh, you know, uh, they were able to go out and do what you asked them to do. 
So, you know, what do you credit that to? I mean, you know, do you guys work a lot on just a lot of um, different sets in offense or, or, you know, or is it just the kids that you got? Yeah, I mean, I think preparation is always a key. And I mean, I, I do feel like, you know, we always try to have as much in our toolbox as we possibly can, whether it be presses or half court one, three, one, or, you know, and if something's not working, we're not afraid to switch gears and try something different. And I think there's usually pretty good open communication with me and the players. And, you know, if they see something, I'm open to, to listen to try something different. And, you know, I think that's, that's uh, something that we try to do. All right. Uh, um, so, you know, do you, or I guess my question is, you know, what are some keys to coaching in a small town? You know, I, probably some same issues as coaching in, in Boise or whatever, but you know, what are some, what are some things that uh, uh, you think are key for, for those coaches that are in a, in a small community? Yeah. I mean, I, I wish I had more time to develop our, our youth programs because I know how important that is. And, we do have a church league and things like that. But as far as, you know, we learned a long time ago that we got to have parents in place that help coach those younger kids. And um, we typically always fill up the post falls leagues with boys and girls teams. And I know you guys have done that well too. And that's certainly helping our programs out is that, that competitive games that they're getting there. And then other things, you know, our kids try to help out with those leagues when they can and, um, you know, we do put on some basketball camps and clinics and things when we can in the summertime and sometimes at Christmas time as well. Um, so, you know, one of the things in that uh, Nelke article that uh, that I was talking about earlier is uh, one of your players said that, you know, you're uh, really appreciated your, your, you as a coach. And, and one of the things was that you were kind of adaptable, you know, and he brought up the idea that, uh, or, you know, uh, the fact that uh, several kids have jobs and so you have to be kind of flexible. Is that, is that the, the case there? Yeah, that was a nice compliment. I really yeah. appreciate Eli saying that, but a little bit of truth to that. I'm pretty flexible with the kids and we do, we're a blue collar community and, you know, all of our kids, not all of them, but a big majority of our kids work every day. And, you know, it just kind of shows on the court how tough, how, how tough they are. I mean, they're, we're always pretty physical and tough kids and, and that says, you know, how, how hard they work on their jobs. Um, who are some of your influences when it comes to coaching? Uh, you, you know, you talked about coaching the girls be, uh, before, um, and then you've been with the boys for seven years. But who are some of those coaches that uh, along, along the way that, that uh, kind of helped you out? Yeah, going back a long ways, um, I had Coach Asher that was a, a pretty good basketball player in his own right. I think he, you know, did some Olympic stuff and played some college ball and things like that. Pretty good basketball player. So that was my coach growing up. And then also Bob Marzulli was kind of our youth guy. And Mars is famous around this area for just all the time he volunteered with, with kids and our youth programs for all sports, not just basketball. But those guys were had pretty heavy on my heart when we won that championship. And then, I always had coaches that, um, you know, love John Wood. And so that's always kind of been a big inspiration, inspiration of mine too. 
All right. Um, so I got uh, one last question for you. I really appreciate your time. I know that you actually got to get out on the golf course because uh, you got uh, your coaching golf as well. But uh, um, I really appreciate your time. Like I said, uh, I know it's early, but what do you think about uh, your team next year and, and their chances to defend defend a title? Yeah, we you know we lose some pretty good seniors, Brett Stansel and Eli Gibson and Randy Bechtel. Um, those are three big players that have been all league for us. Um, Justin Ledbetter had a good year this year off the bench for us. So four really important players. And, um, you know, that's a, a lot of leadership to fill for one and rebounding and shooting. But I'm pretty excited. And we have Tristan coming back that got MVP at state. I've got my point guard back. Um, I have a young player in Grayson Sands coming back. Um, so we have quite a bit of depth. We've, our JVs had a 17 and one record as well. So I feel pretty good about those kids stepping into some shoes and, and uh, kind of the same mentality. They just, they play hard and they're smart kids. All right. Well, coach, I really appreciate your time. And I just want to tell you, congratulations, especially, uh, you know, like I said, to have been able to watch you, uh, watch you work uh, the last, uh, the last few years. So uh, congratulations and good luck with the golf season and good luck next season. All right. Thanks, Will. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Idaho Basketball Coaching Podcast. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email me at IdahoBasketballCoachingPodcast at gmail.com.